Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Craft. This is Amani and today I'm very happy to welcome our guest. Hi, I'm Anishay. And um, she's a small business owner um, and we're going to get into our questions. So the first question I have is what was the thought process behind your Instagram and your brand's name? So I would say that I came up with this vision probably five or six years ago now. It was more of just like in the earlier stages, um, but the vision really was the journey to Nirvana, which I started practicing Buddhism. Um, I am by no means a Buddhist, but I am, I love, I enjoy learning about it. And I would say that uh, it kind of just was about my journey and Nirvana means kind of like reaching enlightenment in Sanskrit. It means to like blow something out. Um, and so kind of just wanted to have something that was tied into spirituality, wellness, really so much about kind of like finding my journey and embarking on that and then sharing it with others. Um, so yeah. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, when did you realize your passion for making jewelry? And I also saw you have a plant Instagram as well. <laughs> yeah. Is that a forming passion or just kind of an interest you have? So I would say my passion for jewelry started, um, you know, five or six years ago when I was kind of embarking on my own healing journey. It really just started as a way to share healing with other people. So the first piece I ever made was a tree of life for my grandma at the time who was um, actually battling cancer. Uh, so it was really personal to me, but I ended up sharing it with a few of my close friends, like the piece, and they were just like, wow, you know, maybe you should sell this. And so that was kind of in the earlier stages when I was really just gifting them to friends and making them for myself. I always enjoyed wearing crystals. And then it kind of just grew organically over time as something that I was really into because I've dabbled in a lot of different creative mediums. Like ever since I was a kid, I would do different forms of artwork and I always just loved um, expressing myself creatively, but I think making jewelry was the one that I felt the most connected to and it really resonated with me because there was an intentionality behind it. And so I think that that's kind of what grew it for me was the combination of being able to express myself creatively, but then also I felt like I could use this in an intentional way for like healing and spreading love to other people. Okay. And then the plant Instagram was more so... Uh, I just love plant life. I'm really inspired by nature. You could see that in my artwork. I'm really inspired by like the whimsical um, nature makes me feel magical. And so I think that taking little pieces of nature and having it in my house was always really appealing to me. Um, and then as I got further into it, it kind of became an obsession. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I love having plants in my home. I think it, they breathe a lot of life into the space. They're very calming. Um, and then there's something just really, you know, sacred and just, I don't know, like makes you feel really alive to get your hands dirty and like play with dirt and, and do the gardening element of it too. So I would say, I don't know if it's necessarily something that I'm like super knowledgeable about, but it's definitely something that I dabble in and that is a passion of mine. Yeah. Okay. 
Definitely. Yeah, and our yeah. plant page is kind of just like, uh, we called it a plant pace, place for beginners because we're not experts by any means, but we're kind of, uh, my friend Nova and I, uh, we run that page together and it's just kind of sharing our, our love for nature. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. So what, what would you say, do you have a creative process when making your jewelry and you come up with like your own designs as well? So I don't really understand my creative process at all. (laughs) Creativity is one of those things I've tried to wrap my brain around for a long time. It's very elusive and abstract and it comes and goes when it wants to. I think for me, I I differ a little bit from other wire wrappers that I've interacted in is that I don't necessarily start a piece with an exact vision. Um, A lot of it comes from tuning inward and just kind of letting it flow like I think most of my my favorite pieces are made in a flow state is what I would say of a space where it's really organic and just kind of comes naturally I'm not really thinking about anything else but just kind of like being in that moment and that's when I always seem to have uh the greatest ideas (laughs) okay yeah yeah definitely um Would you say considering the start of the pandemic that it's helped you grow and creatively focus on your business or that it's hindered you at some points? I think it's kind of been both for me. I would say on one hand, it inspired me because I had a lot of downtime, a lot of time with myself to really dive into my creativity and strengthen my passions. Um, But then there was also times where, you know, it's difficult creating in a time when there was so much turmoil and just sadness around. So I think I look to that kind of almost as an escape in some ways too, because art's kind of always been like that for me. I I feel like I create from a space of more wanting to, um, I have these feelings inside and I need to kind of get that out. And so I think that I'm able to transmute that energy into like something positive. So a lot of my pieces, when I've created in spaces where I was in a darker space, it always feels like by the end, I've kind of moved that energy through me and it's more, I'm like, okay, now I've transmuted this into love and it's back into a positive, so. Right. Okay. And would you say that so far in your journey that you've had any struggles um, or challenges, um, especially being queer woman of color in the entrepreneur and like business realm? Or not really? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say that I have been really fortunate to find the communities that I'm a part of. I think that in times of darkness where there was a lot of things going on in the world, it made it really hard to keep going. I always had this kind of community to fall back on for comfort. And I think being a queer woman of color, we really believe in like solidarity and supporting each other. and. Um, community's been a big, big part of my own healing and being able to kind of like push through some of the hardships. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I would say there's necessarily a specific hardship more than it's just there's kind of this constant change that comes with using online platforms like social media algorithms, like those types of things can kind of get in the way of my creative flow. Um, and I think I've been able to kind of push through that by just go like kind of finding my way back to myself and just knowing that I'm doing it for a bigger pur- purpose and kind of just sticking with my why. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And in terms of sticking with your why, um, do you get like creative blocks? And if so, is that something that kind of helps yeah. recenter yourself? I do definitely get creative blocks. I've dealt with that honestly more recently. And what I would say has been the most helpful has literally just been resting and not forcing it. I've been having this battle with myself, being like a queer woman of color and dealing with kind of like this internalized capitalism, this internalized need to constantly be producing, constantly be putting out new ideas, and it can get really exhausting. It's hard not to take that in. So I think pushing through that has really just been for me like stepping away and taking time to rest and recalibrate and do other things that feed me creatively. So something that I do to kind of get through my writer's block, or or not my writer's block, but my creative block, would be to do other forms of art. So for me lately, it's been dancing. I do like fire dancing or like flow art. So I'll do that or I'll spend time in nature or I've been getting back into like writing more poetry. I never share them, but (laughs) I've been getting back into um, like writing more and um, yeah, just finding different ways to still have that creativity flowing. And then I find that it ends up transmuting into my art too. So Yeah, yeah I think rest is really important. It's something that we kind of don't talk about enough or value. I think that we see rest as like a luxury or a privilege, and it's really your birthright. Like you're entitled to have downtime. You don't have to constantly be, you know, producing, even though that's what society tells you to do. And I think for me, I've just been trying to figure out ways to remind myself of my own self worth and know that I'm more than just an artist. I'm more than a creator. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. Because I know for me, I can kind of get into the, like, that headspace of toxic productivity Mm -hmm. where you're just overworking yourself. And sometimes I think, you know, I just, taking a step back is definitely beneficial and helpful and being able to be self-aware of those, like, behaviors so you can better care for yourself. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely true for myself, too, is kind of just sticking to that, remembering why I'm doing it, but also knowing that just because you take a break doesn't mean you're done forever. And I think that's something that a lot of artists uh, grapple with is like, oh, if I step away, I'm never going to make a piece ever again. And I don't think that that's true necessarily. I think some of the best art is breathes when you give your chant yourself time to like heal and process. A lot of it does come from self awareness and like reflection. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any like favorite creatives or artists that um, kind of inspire you, or you really enjoy their work? I have way too many to even count. <laughs> I think. It's hard to say one person specifically. I'm inspired by a lot of different mediums. So just because I, my primarily focus right now is wire wrapping, I would say that I get really inspired by visual art. I enjoy going to like art museums or interacting in, um, you know, different art galleries or shows. Um, but some artists, I, I think I love Norish to Flourish. Like that's, Adriana is one of my really good friends. Um, I would say probably Lisa. Lisa's a visual artist. Her art's here up in the walls, so that's another artist I'm inspired by. Um, And then uh, Anya is Epiphany. She runs an online crystal shop, too. She's, like, been one of my bigger inspirations, someone I always look to for, um, you know, just, like, light. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know Adriana. She's very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you thought of doing like a limited edition collab or anything with um, maybe a friend or other creatives? Yeah, that's funny you say that because that is actually something I've thought more about this year. Okay. I think in the last two years when I've really been growing my business, it's been harder for me to devote time to doing custom pieces, doing art shows, and trying to focus on collabs. Right. But um, I do see myself wanting to do some collaborations in the, in the near future. Adrienne and I actually talked about doing a collaboration. I really like her, the pearly chokers, so I thought it'd be cool to incorporate um, maybe like some pearl chokers, but with my wire wraps as well. Okay. So I definitely want to. I've also thought about... Um, doing collaborations with other mediums so I thought of maybe doing this um, kind of like plant charms so they'd be like little sticks that have like crystals wrapped that would go inside your plants and I wanted to incorporate plants from Sac City stems and then maybe uh, some pottery pieces from Sunrise Pottery is like one of my favorite uh, ceramic artists but those are kind of just like my recent brain babies nothing you know in motion yet right yeah yeah very cool sounds like a lot of exciting things coming up yeah Yeah. um do you have like a favorite set that you've created so far or any like favorite gems or crystals that you use or right now um that's kind of hard to say i the way i am with crystals is that when people ask me like what's your favorite crystal it's kind of always changing depending on the energy that i'm working on so Recently, I'd say the crystals that I've been really gravitating towards have been all very like heart-centered. I've been working a lot with malachite, um, stone of transformation, also moldavite. I've been really trying to work on my own personal power and growth, and so that has really like accelerated change in my life and helped me kind of process a lot of um, you know like repressed trauma. But as far as crystal sets that I've made, I feel like every few months I make a set that I'm like, this is my favorite set. So it changes a lot. One of my favorite collections I've done was my duality collection I did during Gemini season, which felt very symbolic of what I was kind of working on emotionally, which was, and rather than fighting my shadow self, really just leaning into that and um, kind of getting to know that darker side of myself and being okay with that and realizing, you know, um, it isn't all just like love and light all the time. There is, a, you know, there's a darker side of me and things that I'm working on um, that I'm trying to work through. And so it's really just about honoring both sides of yourself and kind of, kind of reclaiming that as, you know, we don't have to be someone that's super positive all the time. You can feel your emotions and you should. Um, so yeah, that, the, that collection really symbolized like light and dark and just it being a part of samsara and just that cycle of life yeah Yeah. i definitely agree um i've kind of grown into thinking that more often in the recently Mm -hmm. on sitting with your emotions because i feel like um a lot of times we're kind of told or taught to kind of focus on more of the positive Mm -hmm. ones or suppress the negative emotions or what's you know deemed negative but honestly we are humans and have all sorts of emotions and I think it's healthy to sit with all of them um, to get through like what you're going through or to embrace um, everything yeah Yeah. I definitely think that that's been a really pivotal part of my growth has been acknowledging those aspects of myself because like we were talking about self-awareness you can't be self-aware without acknowledging those aspects of yourself and I don't think that you can grow without doing that inner work of kind of addressing your traumas addressing your emotions and yeah just learning to sit with them is really powerful yeah 
Um, how did you begin your interest in selling at markets? I just hated selling online. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I think for me, I started, because uh, I started going to art shows before I was vending them. Um, I really just loved the opportunity to be able, one, t to see things tangibly touch them, connect with them. Um, but also just to be able to connect with the artists. I think that's a really special element and the Sacramento art scene has so many beautiful creatives in it and it's really a welcoming community and so I think for me it was a way that I could tell my story and like share the way that I feel about these pieces in a way that felt really organic and natural. And I was initially intimidated, oh, am I going to feel like a, a saleswoman or, you know, like a salesperson? But it didn't feel that way for me because it's so, it's just something that I love. It's really natural and um, it's nice to be able to nerd out about crystals and um, to share that healing and to see the way that someone's eyes light up when they find a piece that was meant for them, like that really, you know does it for me yeah <laughs> yeah um could you offer a couple of tips for people who are interested in selling at markets and that process i would say the biggest thing is go to the markets before you sign up for them i always always recommend going and checking out the artists or the art shows first and just getting a feel for it is this an environment you even see yourself in or the people that are coming do you feel like they would connect with your art so i think that's an element that a lot of people skip and also being mindful of the markets that you choose. Like not every market is going to serve you. And so I think when you're first starting out, you're eager and you want to just get into as many markets as you can. But that can really lead to, at least for myself personally, getting kind of burnt out and not, not connecting with people as authentically as you want to. Um, but then, yeah, I would say once you start going to markets, it becomes more natural. You hear about them, you make connections and it kind of just grows from there rather than, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more beneficial to go and experience them rather than to just like find out about them online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you see yourself expanding your business to a physical shop? Um, whether it's like the jewelry side of your business or even the interest in plants, um, or do you kind of see yourself maintaining, cause I know you have some of your products and, um, veg cafe mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think right now i've i've been hoping to get my stuff in more stores um uh, i see myself long term a dream of mine would be to have some sort of physical store that served as an artist collective so i have a lot of friends that have a lot of gifts and i would love to have a physical space where everybody could showcase their art not just mine okay. so that's kind of been my vision either having some sort of online collective like a co-op for artists or having a physical store with you know a collective of artists um but i think for me personally i i want to have my stuff in physical stores i don't know if it would necessarily just ever be my art alone um because I think there, you know, there's so much more that you could offer in a space. I'd love to have a space centered around different arts or um, just different modalities of healing. And I see myself expanding past that as well too. With my jewelry, I want to, I kind of want to grow it into almost like a self-care and wellness brand where there would be visual art. There would also be like natural body products, you know, like scrubs and bath salts and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my long-term vision. Very nice. Yeah. Um, 
What are some of the most challenging parts of running your own business that you've encountered so far? I think probably sticking with one thing. <laughs> um, although I'm really passionate about crystals and wire wrapping and sharing that, I also have kind of always been a jack of all trades where I've had a lot of different creative outlets. Um, but I think I've also limited limited myself a little bit and feeling like I can't pursue other creative outlets. So recently for me, I've been trying to kind of do both where I'm still making other forms of art, but then also still staying true to wire wrapping. Um, something else I think is really challenging too is just kind of getting past the anxiety that you feel sometimes when you put out your art into the world. Um, a lot of it I've been working on is just kind of letting go when I put a piece out and not necessarily getting so wrapped up in how people are receiving it. Right. And so that can be really taxing emotionally when you're getting settled in, especially with these online platforms. It's like you put something out and it doesn't resonate the way that you hoped or you know you have these expectations for how things would go. And so for me, I've just been really trying to work past of just creating from an authentic space and not, not caring so much if it doesn't go over well and just kind of really making things that I want to make. Yeah. yeah, so that's been something I've been kind of working through. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I love authenticity and transparency, and I think that's really important when you're able to reflect and remember, like, the why as we kind of spoken about before yeah. and recentering yourself to staying true to you mm -hmm. yeah um looking back in time uh is there anything you would want to tell your, your younger self um and is there anything that you would have changed um i think that's really hard to say. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think I would change anything because I really, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, I think probably the biggest thing I would tell myself is like just to keep going and that you're going to get through this. Because I think I never even imagined myself making it to the point that I'm at in life now, just gone, having gone through my traumas and... Um, hardships in, in my earlier years so I think for me the biggest thing would have just been to know that there is another side and like you're gonna get through it and yeah. it'll be worth it if you just you know keep going and then um, what would you like to see from yourself in the future um, I think probably just living a very balanced holistic life I I have these creative ventures that I go on, but I'm also a social worker. I'm also in a grad program. So I think just being able to balance my work and play has been really important for me and something that I've been tapping into, especially since Leo season started. I've been really feeling this call to like connect with my inner child and kind of not just don't be so serious all the time. And so I think as I progress in my career as a social worker and then also as an entrepreneur, I just want to stay true to that of like balance between work and play and really uh you know kind of just like honoring all sides of myself yeah definitely um i completely agree i've been kind of in that boat of living like um a life that's good you know i guess for wellness and your well-being um 
and finding that balance between work and mm-hmm. hobbies and passions. Um, yeah. 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 I think it's a constant battle between, you know, wanting to be productive and get things done, but then also knowing that you, you need your time to, to be silly and to play. And I just hope that no matter how far I get in my career, I never take myself too seriously. I'm always, you know, going to be playful. And I, I think you see that a lot in the art that I make, too, is is still, like, kind of having that playful, fun, whimsical, magical energy. And I think I really try to tap into that and uh, to stay in that space of just, you know, there's so much wonder and so much beauty in the world. And I don't ever want to take myself too seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would you say that having a strong support system is crucial, especially being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I'm really community-minded, probably because of my social work background, but I don't think I would have gotten here if it wasn't for all the people that supported me and um, really encouraged me to keep going. Like There was a lot of times when I wanted to give up or do something else, but people have always just been so supportive and so loving of me. and. Um, I'd say my friends and my family too. They've always just been really encouraging, and it's made it it's made it a little bit easier to keep going and, and push through. Um, lastly, what advice could you offer to those who are interested in starting their own business, or to people who are trying to further tap into themselves? I think something that a lot of people get hung up on is sucking at the beginning. <laughs> A lot of people don't want to start new business ventures or just new any new hobbies or anything because they don't want to be in that novice beginner phase of something. But I think there's something really beautiful to be said about starting something new and following through and seeing your growth and seeing your progress. I think the biggest advice I would give to somebody is just to keep going because you're going to want to give up. And I think it's really you see the most progress and growth outside of your comfort zone. Like if you're able to keep pushing through and let things happen organically, then that's when you see growth. A lot of people get hung up on the, you know, we're kind of in the generation of the instant gratification, everything happening very quickly. And if we don't see results right away, we don't want to do it. And I think for me, that was what was so beautiful about my wire wrapping journey is because I've done this, you know, almost six years now. And there was a lot of years of that where... (laughs) I wasn't great at it, but I still did it because I felt it in my heart and it felt good and it was a way for me to transmute my energy. And so I think that it's important to have your mission for why you're doing what you're doing, but I think the passion is what keeps you going. So when you're starting a business, if it's something that really reigns true to your core and you know when you start something and it feels like it's for you. We've all had a million hobbies that were like, I don't know about this, you know? But if you find that, you find something that really you know, it feels good in your being and you're like, I have to keep doing this, then just keep going. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for this interview and I appreciate everything that, you know, collaborating. Yeah. Thank you so much.